Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Let's check in with uh, Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. I'll just start you off with this question first because it came in by way of our Asher Records, make that our, yeah, Asher Records Service Company live in feedback. John says, please ask Hoop Scoop about Anthony Black. Well, he, I can tell you that Arkansas has not given up. Um, Matter of fact, I think Arkansas coaches might have tried to, somebody might have tried to peek in on him earlier in the week or last week. And, um, you know, it's, he hasn't committed. He still hasn't committed five star. He's a McDonald's All American. Um, you know, one of the top players in the country. Arkansas's got the number two ranked recruiting class with five high level guys, including two of their own McDonald's All Americans, Nick Smith and Jordan Walls. Um, but they'd love to add Anthony Black and, you know, I, I, I don't think Arkansas is probably in the lead there. Uh, maybe second or third uh, in that pecking order. You know, I'd say Oklahoma State, maybe Gonzaga. Um, but we'll see what happens because he, as far as I know, he's not anywhere near making a commitment announcement. And the other thing you keep an eye on are the pro options because the longer someone stays uncommitted to a college and you know that these, these upstart uh, you know, between the G League and Overtime Elite, there's always the potential for someone to not only make a deal he can't refuse, but perhaps as the longer he goes, they try to sweeten numbers if they've already talked to him and his family about stuff already. So you always keep an eye on that as well. But as far as Arkansas goes, uh, you know, I'd say right now they're, they're not in the driver's seat. But until this young man makes a commitment somewhere, um, whether it's pro ball or, or another school, then you keep recruiting him because he did like his Arkansas visit. He came on a visit. If you, if you never had him on campus, you, you'd think their chances are, are way out there. But the fact that he's been on campus and there's been a feeling that Arkansas is in his top two or three, you, you hang in there until, until he makes a decision that he publicly announces. Kevin, I would think that a recruit is looking and saying, man, they got the number two recruiting class. That's great. That's appealing on the one hand because you think you're going to win. On the other hand, you can start thinking, they've already got two five-stars. If I go there, am I going to score? Uh, how, do you, how do you balance that if you're a coach trying to recruit a third five-star player? Well, each, you know, players are different, too, in, in terms of what, you know, what kind of a challenge are they up for? How do they see? Just like. I mean, Jordan Walsh and, and Nick Smith Jr. both have to look at the other guy and say, well, is this guy, is his role going to be bigger than mine? Is this guy going to have more opportunities? And you can't think of it that way. I mean, players can think of it how they want them and their families. They're going to they're going to process it their own way. But I think a lot of these players have come to realize the better players you're around, the better your the better your opportunities to get better. I go back to Moses Moody uh, leaving North Little Rock High School where the players are always good, but he went to Montverde Academy and played with future pros future lottery picks and the number one overall player, Kid Cunningham, and he didn't worry about playing time or stats. He worried, he, his thought process was to get better as a player. And so players, these guys, these high-level guys that want to get to the next level, the pro level, the NBA in a year's time, you know, stats are not necessarily all, you know, they're important sometimes, but what you do on the court, whether you have the stats to show that you're a prolific scorer or some other part of the game, 
a lot of these, you know, pro potential and pro opportunities are based on how you fit in uh, and, and, and help a program play at a high level as you're playing at a high level as an individually because the NBA, they're not necessarily – they can't go – the NBA is not trying to covet 30-point scores. They're looking to build rosters. Not everybody can be a superstar. So I think a lot of these five-stars, even though right now they're viewed as a, at the top of the, of the cream of the crop, some of them also have to take a look at it and say, you know, I may not be always be the guy. At some point, someone else might be a little more alpha than me, and so I need to learn how to play in a winning situation. So I think, to, in a long way of answering your question, it's not all about your scoring and stats. Uh, there's other things that a good NBA, a good coaching staff like Arkansas has with NBA experience can sell these young people and say, here's what, you, here's some things you really need to focus on, and the stats will take care of themselves. And don't you believe also, Kevin, that most, if not all, of these kids, they're offensive players at this point, and that's where I think on the defensive end is where the true development is going to come from because we know these kids can score. They wouldn't be as highly regarded. In many cases, they are. But when you're talking next level, and I'm not talking just college, I'm talking about the pro level, they got to be able to play defense. That's a big part of it, Randy. And the other thing is even guys who can score, even on the offensive side, a lot of them are used to having the ball a lot. And you have to learn at the next level how to play off the ball, how to move without the ball, how to be a good teammate and set picks or play in two-man game, how, how, how important communication and spacing, all these nuances that the pro-level guys are looking at. So, again, it, it boils down to what are, you, what, what are you as a basketball player? The stats are, you know, that's one thing, but stats don't necessarily convey that someone is playing at a high enough level for the pro game to say, you know what, we really need this guy. So you have to separate yourself. And part of that's, you know, sometimes some guys are going to make decisions about, I want to be that guy. I want to make sure I'm getting 35 minutes a game. I want to make sure I'm going to be getting my points. And some of that is important. I'm not going to say that, that you, you just ignore that. But at the same time, there's so much more about developing as a player, no matter what your talent level is for the next level. And so there's one more, more than one way to skin a cat. And I think you see Duke and Kentucky and some of these high blue blood programs that, sign three, four, five, five stars sometimes, at least two or three. So, and, and these guys get drafted. Even some of the guys that maybe didn't average as many points as the other guys, sometimes they go higher than the guy that scored more than they did. So you, you got to kind of look at that recent history and say, this can be done. It can work for me, even if I'm playing with two more five stars. All right, let's check in with Steve. Steve, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hello, gentlemen. What's up, buddy? Uh, Rick, first of all, let me say, I always enjoy Rick, uh, Mike Nail doing the broadcast. I mean, Chuck and Z, they do a good job, but it was something about y'all that just made it uh, that much more exciting. And I want to say I enjoyed y'all. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And uh, Rick? Yes. Now, I'm going to chastise you a little bit. Did you go fishing when you were a little kid? <laughs> No, I've never, I've never been much of a That's fisherman. That's the problem, Rick, because I like to enjoy. I enjoy fishing because when the weather oh, no. is warm and sunny and everything, yeah, I go fishing. Do you watch it on TV? Because, because for this reason, it teaches me patience. It teaches me yeah. how to be calm. Yeah. Hey, look, I, I think it's so, a, it's a great thing to do, but I just, I just don't watch it on TV. But going fishing hey, I is watch great. it on TV. Okay. And uh, I do watch bowling on TV also. Well, you and Larry Brinson would be great friends. 
Uh, well, my grandpa had a pond when he was alive, and uh, I would go fishing at the pond. He would go with me. Hey, Steve, do you have a question or comment for Kevin? Yeah, uh, Scoop, how many more scholarships do they have available for this year? Well, but, you know, that question has always been a good question. And uh, that's more all and I more have, these guys. Days, Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. You know, more and more these days, it's not about how many are available now. That, that we used that's to look right. at it that way, right? Arkansas's yes. got five players already signed in this early period out of high school. Yeah. And they've only got technically they've got I guess if you if you count Odie's tone well JD Notay's not coming back I guess he could technically get another year of eligibility he's a fifth year uh, player has this is his fourth year on the court because of the do over with COVID he could probably come back I think he's going to move on to pro opportunities yes he can got, return he can but I, I don't, yes. he's not uh, you know Trey Wade uh, Stanley Umiday. Uh, Chris likes their seniors. So that's if you count those together with, with Note moving on, that's four. Arkansas has an open scholarship right now. They've only got 12 on scholarship. You can go to 13, so that's five. And then, you know, uh, I think Odie's Tony also would have another year, but I'm not sure that he'll he'll be back. So five or six there, and then there's always transfers. So you really can't count scholarships right now because so much changes in the spring beyond what you know right now. Um, and so the, the I guess there's an answer to that question, at least five, but I think it could be more than that by the time we get to the spring, and they've already signed five players that are incoming. We'll see who transfers out. And I, you just got a feeling that Eric Mussman is not done. I mean, that transfer portal, he can't stay out of it, and I'll be shocked if he goes if he goes through the spring and early summer and does, doesn't bring in someone from the portal a transfer. We do know in football 32 is the cap this year. We do know – even next year, the cap will be 13. They didn't increase it because of COVID, as they did uh, last year, where you had the super seniors. You'll still have super seniors, mm-hmm. but these were kids, again, that were granted an extra year of eligibility because of COVID, bumper pool being one case. But uh, basketball, that, that ceiling still going to remain 13. So, really, Kevin, what you're after at the end of the day, it's back to basically counting who is on scholarship, who is not on scholarship, who will be on scholarship and who will not be on scholarship before you can actually say, I mean, conceivably, knowing Eric Musselman, there could be 13 that could be added next year uh, to this particular basketball team. I sure hope Jalen Williams comes back. I do, too. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about 13. <laughs> uh, but you know really what good. I'm saying, though, Rick. He's I mean, the really entire good. roster could conceivably turn over. Yeah, it can. He, right. He, he's right about that. And, and the, the interesting thing about it is, a lot of times you'll be counting the scholarships even in the spring and guys that are still there. And Mussman already has an idea who's going to be announcing within a week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks right. or five weeks if they're going to be transferring out. And so you might see Arkansas really stirring up interest with multiple transfers. You're sitting there going, wait a minute, they can't get all these guys. And But it always works out, right? And you, we see players transfer out every year because he's bringing more in. And that's how the portal works now. You really can't. Give, you can't, you know, you have to have some attrition to be able to, at that time of year, to be, be able to bring players in unless you just struck out in the early period with high school players and you've got a bunch of open scholarships that you carried for that long. But that's not how it works now. And Musman remakes that roster. He doesn't turn over all 13, but he's, you know, at least half since he's been here. As the old saying goes, everybody is doing it now. You tend to look 
closely at your own program, per se. In this case, many will look at the Arkansas Razorback program, but every school. I mean, we've talked over and over again about the different contributions, whether it's a Mississippi State, Alabama, wherever it may be. Oh, he's a transfer. Oh, he's a transfer. It's happening everywhere. I'm Randy Rainwater, joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Time to check the First Arkansas Bank and Trust text line. First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Have you tried banking with Cube? Cutting edge technology. Classic customer service. Only at First Arkansas Bank and Trust. This is from Daywalker in the Ozark Mountains. You notice I've got him switched over now to walking in the day, not at night. Uh, Kevin, would it be fair to say that this was Arkansas's best defensive performance thus far this season. Did Arkansas have no free throws in the first half? Actually had two. Two for two. I think that was Trey Wade that made both of those. Is that correct, and is it a record of some kind? Uh, Again, two for two. I don't know if it's a record for only two free throws and a half. But uh, I don't think so. I would not think so anyway. Yeah. No. I think it was Odie's Tony that got to the free throw line for that first trip, and that that was it was actually in the second half at the seventeen twenty seven mark. Arkansas did not shoot free throws in the first half. Um, so at the seventeen twenty seven mark, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the final box score. Oh, no, you're right. The first half, zero for zero. So would that be a record, yeah. Kevin? With ties one, you know, I don't know. It's a record as far as my my feeble memory goes. By <laughs> you know, I, I I don't remember a time. I'm sure there's been a time Arkansas has gone through a half and possibly even a game, even though that's hard to fathom. Uh, but I think the big thing is look at Arkansas shooting percentages. They shot 52 percent in the first half, ended up 48 percent. You shoot 44 percent, which is blistering hot for Arkansas relative to its season average, right around you know, kind of dip above and below that 30% line. So maybe that's why Arkansas didn't shoot free throws. Maybe Ole Miss didn't contest and play physically because Arkansas shot the ball a lot better. So, yeah, they didn't get to the free throw line. You're talking about the team that came in that game, second in the nation in, in free throw attempts per game, third in free throw – excuse me, second in free throw makes per game at over 17, and then third in attempts at over 23 per game. And they go the first half without attempting a free throw. But I didn't, you know, I think defensively now, when we look back at the last five games, Arkansas has held every opponent under 39% shooting from the field. They've held every opponent under 31% shooting from three. And three of those didn't shoot. They held them down to 27% from three. And that was one of the biggest hangups for this team up until these last five games was that three-point defense. And then they forced at least 14 turnovers against each of these five opponents. And so when I look at that defense, I don't know that one of these games stands out any more than the other. I think they've been outstanding in all of these games defensively. And, of course, they've held four of these five opponents in this, get this stretch below 60 points scoring. Um, and, and, and that includes back-to-back road games when you look at, at Ole Miss last night and then LSU a week or so ago. So any way you chop it up, this team, all of a sudden, it was like a switch was flipped. We talked about it so much about some tweaks to the lineup. Didn't have to be major stuff. Wasn't going to be like it was last year, um, but the effect has kind of been like it was last year because some guys, when when other players are getting more minutes, like a Trey Wade or a Kamani Johnson having a role. Of course, he was hurt, but he played some last night. Uh, there's some attrition in minutes for other guys, and and, the, and things can change. 
Arkansas has gotten bigger. They wanted to play a lot more small ball this year. You could see that in the offseason recruiting. But now they're playing some of their bigger lineups, and it's working better. Um, and so whatever the combinations are right now, they've got a pulse on it because the defense is where it's really showing up. And you can still be trouble, have trouble areas on offense. You can still have problems with some turnovers or poor decision-making on shooting or guys passing up shots maybe they should take. Uh, if you've got sound defense and it travels, you're going to stay in games. You're going to have a chance to win. And, you know, Arkansas was in control for most of that game, and they all misled briefly in the first half. And they got close a couple of times in the second half, but Arkansas really was in control of that game. And when you go on the road in your conference and you're controlling a game, what doesn't matter if you're shooting free throws or how you're getting it done, if that defense is stout, you're going to, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games, and I think that's what Arkansas is winning right now. Interesting last night, that arc underneath the basket. Uh, Arkansas was 6 of 12, which is 50%. I know there are probably some thinking, boy, they missed a lot of shots uh, inside that arc that normally you'd think uh, Arkansas would make. On the other hand, Ole Miss was very good inside that arc, uh, 13 of 18, 72%. Uh, I'm sure Coach Musselman had looked at this and said, man, we should have pushed them further away from the basket. They were one of nine, uh, 11% uh, for the other shots that uh, Ole Miss attempted inside the lane. But uh, what I was, I'm not sure amazed, impressed, I'm not sure what term to use, but Kevin, going back to defending the basket, I was amazed that Ole Miss could play that quality of defense, particularly around the basket, and there were never no fouls. Well, again, I, you know, Arkansas's percentages were good. And I think part of that's because there wasn't as much contact from Ole Miss. And sometimes you just have guys that time things up well. I mean, Rodriguez, the wing, the junior, is one of the best defenders in college basketball. He's not talked about a lot because Ole Miss hasn't been a strong team the last couple of years. But Rodriguez, Luis Rodriguez, is a good defender. They've got a seven-footer in there now this year. Um, and so, uh, you know, some of their guys are the way that they play their defense. They try to funnel guys to the offensive player. So where it looks like they've got an advantage and they funnel guys to, to cut off angles. And so sometimes they make those shots a little tougher. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think Arkansas's defense was better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at percentages that, that merits out. And, and this was a night where Arkansas didn't win the rebounding battle. They usually do. Ole Miss was plus two. Ole Miss was plus eight in the paint. Ole Miss won a lot of categories, um, but Arkansas's the, the percentages were the difference in this game. I, Arkansas actually outshot an opponent from three and did it at a high percentage. The overall field goal percentage for both teams was vastly different. Yeah, Arkansas didn't shoot its normal ration of free throws, but at the end at, at the end of each performance, you look back on it what helped us win, and I think Arkansas's resiliency, what we saw the team get into last year when it got on its run, didn't matter if the game was close or a big cushion. They were resilient through adversity. I think this team is starting to show those kind of qualities because they, even like I said, Ole Miss made a couple of runs there, but you never felt like Arkansas was not in control of that game. Let's talk with Rodney. Rodney, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Kevin, better known as Hoop Scoop. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Randy, Rick, uh, Kevin. Um, uh, I hope y'all gentlemen are having a great day today. Uh, yes, sir. I. Uh, um, Kevin and the previous caller pretty much answered like, you know, three parts of my question uh, about Anthony Black was first, you know, the first thing. And then 
Um, you answered, uh, Kevin, you answered about the transfer, proto, uh, transfer portal, um, uh, about that's how we can, um, you know, get some more players, some scholarships open. Um, I, you answered pretty much all of that. Um, I had two other questions, though. Uh, Corey Washington, I saw that uh, North Little Rock uh, wing forward, you tweeted out earlier today that uh, he's coming to visit. And, you know, he, he, he's a diamond in the rough. I've seen his high, uh, highlights with, you know, Nick Smith and, and Khalil Ware. Like, he's an he's a SEC type of player. And um, do you think they'll offer him a scholarship? And are we going to get a big man, a big man out of the portal or through the high school ranks? And because uh, we, we may need it if Jalen Williams. Anthony, you better stop and let him answer quick. Let him answer quick. We're hearing the music. Well, actually, think, we have the luxury. We have the luxury today of oh, being able to hold hoop scoop over if he wants to hang over. Okay. Again, I, I uh, will. I will hang over, guys. I'll, I'll enjoy the bonus segment. Bonus coverage, if you will, from Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net, and again, hopefully Trey Biddy. Being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. We'll be able to return tomorrow. He's been under the weather, and uh, hopefully he'll be feeling like rejoining us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, Kevin, you had a couple of uh, questions right there before the break, and that was number one from Rodney uh, about the uh, big guy. Will Arkansas be adding a, I guess, post player, seven-footer, however you want to label it, and then the other question, I believe, still dealt with uh, roster management. Yeah, he, he asked about Corey Washington as well. Yeah, and Corey um, Washington, yes. The, the senior at, at North Little Rock, you know, we've talked so much about Kalel Ware and Nick Smith Jr., but, you know, Corey is a, was a dual-sport athlete. He was a really good quarterback at Sylvan Hills. He transferred um, out the same, you know, Nick Smith Jr. did. He transferred out, and so they're both at North Little Rock this year. Corey's an outstanding basketball player, and in the spring and summer, he's teammates with he was teammates with Kalel Ware, so he's familiar with both both Nick Smith and Kalel Ware in terms of playing alongside those guys. Now he's playing with, together with both of them. Six six wing, very athletic. Uh, he's one of those guys. He's not he's a, a, an impeccable slasher and above the rim finisher, uh, but he's not just a straight line guy. He's got some craft into the how that that he slices and breaks the defense down, and he's starting to add some perimeter skill and a three point shot defensively, he's maybe one of the most versatile defenders I've seen, too. So I do think there's high major potential there. He's definitely getting D1 interest. I know the Oregon Ducks are interested. We know that Oregon landed Khalil Ware, and I know Arkansas has expressed interest. This weekend, he's going up for an unofficial visit to attend the Big 12 SEC Challenge, uh, watch that game, and he'll be there with Nick Smith Jr., who's going back to campus. He was just there for the A&M game this past Saturday, and Nick told me this morning he's going back, and uh, this weekend for that for that game, and so uh, Corey Washington will be there. Uh, and I think Arkansas is going to keep an eye on him, just monitoring through the rest of the season, continue to evaluate. The Hogs just signed a five-player high school class. I don't think they're going to be looking to, to, you know, get a commitment with a to a, and, and offer a scholarship necessarily right now. But things can change rapidly. But you know, you look at Arkansas's class; it's not just they signed five. They've got multiple guys that are kind of that six-six. 6'5", wing, you know, Joseph Pinion, Barry Dunning, 6'6", uh, both of those guys are. And then you've got 6'7", Jordan Walls, who you can combo 
as a three four when you look at the way Musselman does things. Uh, so I don't know that that, that they're going to you know offer a scholarship to Corey, but I think they're the interest there, and I think we'll see him get D one offers, and he's definitely going to he's definitely been a chart climber. As far as the other question about Arkansas getting a big man out of the portal, you know, they really recruited the small ball this past year. I don't know if Musman's going to change his thinking on that. Uh, he's had to change it right now, but a lot of that has to do with just the personnel that he has, and that doesn't mean that he can't identify, um, you know, continue to go after those sort of six, 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 seven guys that play multiple positions. Uh, but you don't know what Jalen Williams is going to do. You'd like to think he's coming back, um, you know, but – there may be some pro opportunities there, especially the way he's playing. Um, and, and you don't have a lot of depth on that front line, and you're losing some guys. I, I think Kamani Johnson has another year, and, and we'll see if Arkansas has him in the plans on that front line. Connor Vanover has really pretty much disappeared lately. Don't know if he would be in the plans, but it seems like based on the second half of last year plus how most of this year's played out, that, they, that, that they're not counting on him for big minutes in the best-case scenario. So I do think they might address some size in the pool. So I think it's a very good question. Um, and I think they may also look at backcourt players as well, maybe even someone that could be a Jalen Tate, a big guard that can facilitate and run the team. They may look in several directions, but I think front line definitely because the front line's thin down. I just went over some things that, that Arkansas may not be counting on heavy minutes from, from guys that might come back. Now this is the most current this is listed among arkansas's media notes where they have the roster Uh, these are the players that have been granted an extra year of eligibility uh, by the ncaa due to covid 19 Uh, jd note we've already talked about him kk robinson has been granted another year of eligibility devo davis um, dc tony jalen williams Jackson Robinson, Connor Vanover. Those are the ones that have been granted an extra year of eligibility. Chris Likes is a grad transfer. Uh, Chance Moore is a true freshman. And let's see who else of the roster. Trey Wade is a grad transfer, same as Stanley Umude. So that's your actual current roster as we speak. And who has been granted extra years uh, or extra year I should say, of eligibility. Let's talk to LC. Never mind. Let's talk with the uh, Duffer. Duffer, good afternoon. you have a question or comment for Kevin? You bet. I have a question for you and Kevin. Who? And I'll give you my answers after you, after you answer. Since 1970, who are the two most underrated high school players in Arkansas? And... Who was the best Arkansas high school player during that period that never stepped foot on a college basketball floor? Wow. Duffer, you know, this is good. Go ahead, Brandy. You go first. It's your show. I'll go next. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, if I heard him correctly, I think one of the things he asked were who are the two most underrated players since 1970 from the state? Yes. Yes. You know, I, I think that that might be relative too to the times. I mean, when you go back to the '70s, based on what he did in college and then in the NBA, I would say Sidney Moncrief was underrated. He was an excellent player, but he wasn't as highly rated as some other guys, even in his class coming out. 
So it depends on what you're looking for in an answer, but that's that, that could be one. Um, and then, you know, if I had to pick someone else who was maybe underrated in the state of Arkansas, I wouldn't say um, Scotty Pippen because his part, his situation was he, he grew a lot in one year, and it really changed uh, his career. Um, so I don't think he was underrated. He just grew. Um, underrated. You know, that, that's a good one. I'd have to think probably more about that. But, uh, you know, I'd probably land on uh, somebody like an Isaiah Joe, who I thought was vastly underrated coming out of high school. I, I thought they had him, um, you know, misprojected in terms of rankings and things like that. He'd, he'd probably be in the conversation. The one that comes to mind to me, Duffer, first and foremost, was the Caldwell brothers. Uh, I think they played for DeShay, if I remember correctly. Um, those will be the first ones that I think of, and all three of them. Major, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, the oldest Caldwell. One. Yeah, Caldwell Jones. I mean, those guys you really didn't hear of. Even when they played for Albany State, you still didn't hear that much about them. Then the next thing you know, Caldwell in particular played several years in the NBA. I'm not sure how many years Major played. It seemed like there was a third third brother uh, who was not quite as heralded or, well, I say heralded, but um, what ended up being as renowned as Major and um, Caldwell. As far as the great player that never played anywhere, did the uh, great player at the School for the Deaf ever play college basketball? Yes, he did. Okay, all right. Oh, that's right, he did. Benny Fuller. Yeah, Benny Fuller, yeah. Played in Oklahoma. Okay, so that's not the answer to that. So so what about your player, the best player that didn't play any college ball? Well, that's that's for my guess. Yeah, that's Fuller, that's what stumped me because yeah. everyone I can think of, like the Killebrew brothers, over at Lone Oak, those were great players, uh, but they did play some level of college. I think all of them played pretty much at the lower level, D two type level, but that's where you had actually, 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 Randy Brian played at Lamar. Okay, uh, Cassius. Cassius played at Sacramento State. Okay. And Tony, they all played, all went through West Ark first. And Tony played maybe college off Ark. I don't remember exactly. For the Calibros. They were great but, players uh, in high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were great players. Great people, too. So, uh, But uh, my two most underrated would be Dexter Reed and Ronald Claver. But Dexter played at, at uh, Memphis. Exactly. I thought, it had, to be, coming out I thought of he had to be where he couldn't play. He didn't play no, in college. He, he, no, he's talking about no, no, underrated no. coming out of high school, which right. he might have been. I thought Dexter Reed was highly regarded coming out of high school. He wasn't nearly highly regarded as Moncrief, Delph, uh, really? you know, that group. But, I mean, he was he was a great player. But, I mean, it's proof coming back into Barton and beating the fire out of Arkansas when he was at Memphis, he was pretty good. But uh, Ronald Claver would be about my, the, You're talking about the Parkdale boys. Yeah, Ronald Claver from Parkdale. Well, then throw in Michael Cage. Throw Michael Cage into that mix. Yeah, that's pretty was, good, too. It was, but it, it was, but always, it was always about Keith Lee. 
he was there would have been a three-point line, if there would have been a three-point line that year, Parkdale would have beat Miss Memphis in the overall final. Well, if you're talking about highly regarded, well, not highly regarded, uh, under-respected, what about Willie Cutts? Willie had such a uh, checkered past that he I think most one, didn't even. He was the basketball weekly player, high school player of the year. That's that's not underrated. Yeah. Really. You can't say There wasn't yeah. the chatter, though, because of all the stuff going on in the background with Willie Cutts. Ooh, I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I wasn't doing call-in well, radio then, but I know Eddie Sutton regarded him as a must-get. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, yeah. listen, the he other was one. was a national phenom. You know, I'll so say Joe Johnson and Ronnie Burr, my, Jr. You know, yeah. There was let me give you my player, but that didn't play college ball, if you don't mind. Okay. I would have to say David Dean. Do you remember him, Brandon? Mm-hmm. Yes, out of Cersei. Just phenomenal, phenomenal player. They were playing his junior year, the year they won the state championship in the King Cotton, and they were playing a team out of Georgia that had Sharif Abdur-Rahim yep. was their star player, went straight yep. to the NBA out of high school. And David Dean scored about 32 that night, and he had a major tomahawk right over Rahim. And Matt Doherty, who was still coaching at Kansas, with, uh, oh, gosh, you know, the guy that was at North Carolina, went to Kansas, went back. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting old. But anyway, Roy Matt Williams. Doherty made a – yeah, 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 William, Roy Williams. But uh, Matt Doherty, when the final buzzer, he was running as hard as he can to get to the locker room to talk about talk to David Dean when he was still at Kansas. So that oh. guy could play but never – well, unfortunately, did not play in college. So. What happened? All right, think- I've got one more for you. And this this one probably averaged 20-plus in basketball. He was a highly regarded. The Yankees would have drafted him in baseball as a pitcher. He was a wide receiver quarterback in high school, and he eventually became the decathlon champion at six foot seven, and end up playing professionally for the New England Patriots. Steve Burks. Steve Burks. Yeah, great athlete. He played American and, Legion ball at played American Legion ball at Lono. And, and he could have. I was, he could I was, have. He could have uh, been a D one basketball player. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great athlete. I was just a small kid at Lone Oak at that time, and I can remember scouts beating on his door at the hotel that all of us were staying in at the state tournament up in Flyville, uh, uh, and it was wild. He was 16 years old, and the scouts were just beating his door down because he had pitched like a no-hitter that day and looked phenomenal. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, I'll let you go. Thank you. All right, Duffer. Hey, good conversation. All right, uh, this from Vern. What about Robert Till Bird Griffin, Little Rock Central? Yes, he played college ball at UALR. Now, we thought this gentleman 
had just disappeared from sight. I mean, we go all the way from a three and seven season, and we don't hear from this gentleman throughout all of the football season. Oh my gosh! It's Forest City Joe. That is he. It's me, Rick. It's me, Rick. Uh, wow, Randy. where you been, gentlemen? I'm, 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 I'm like everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm retired now. Just hanging around my house, trying not to catch this COVID that's going around here. Uh, phone, and listening to Drive Time Sports. By the way, I listen to you guys all the time. Okay, I just don't you. call as much. But let me say this. I'm glad you got Kevin McPherson on because, Kevin, I enjoy your basketball coverage, man. From from your Twitter to everything Razorback basketball. You, you, you are the number one guy who's on top of this. And my question to you is, here's what I think Coach Musselman has to get with this class coming in. He's got to get some shooters. We need a Dusty Hannes, Rodney Clark type guy, and I know Joe Pinion can shoot the basketball, that can just fill it up. You leave him open, he's going to knock it down. And guys like Nick Smith penetrating, and Nick can shoot the ball too, but penetrating and dishing, we need guys that can knock down shots. Are, are they in on any shooters that you know of besides Pinion? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. In the game, the way it's played now, so many teams playing five out, let fewer and fewer true post game mm-hmm. uh, offenses where you got you're trying to spread spread out, play with pace. And, and a lot of these coaches now they're looking, they're charting three point shots. How many? They don't. The mid range game is kind of fading. They want to see guys get to the basket, get to the free throw line, or shoot threes. Those are the preferred yeah, this three year's strike team had some, had some shooters on it. It'd be dangerous, especially since they stopped playing defense. Uh, Randy, back to football right quick. Yes, sir. Uh, Let me tell you something. What I saw this year, I've been in disbelief for one thing for now. (laughs) I mean, to go from where we were in two years to what Coach Pittman has done, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. This team... Not only won nine games, they lost by one point at an Ole Miss team that won 10 games and was in the Sugar Bowl, Randy. Arkansas had a chance mm-hmm. and should have won that game, in my opinion. Yes, sir. And then you go to Alabama. Alabama was better than Arkansas. They won the game fair and square. 42 to 35, you're right there in the ball game. The only game we were out of all year was Georgia. Georgia just overpowered us that day. So you give Georgia credit and you move on. But come, what, what, what Coach Pittman is, has done, I don't know, Randy, we're third in the nation in recruiting right now. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to finish there because I don't believe we will. But we're third in football recruiting right now on 24-7 here I'm looking at. And uh, the transport portal, it's just unbelievable what Coach Pittman and staff have done there. This man is doing the one thing that's going to make Arkansas competitive. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're going to start winning SEC championships every year. But we'll start competing for them if he keeps recruiting at this level and going in the portal, getting players like this. Four, four players, I mean five players, all four stars and two other guys to get a linebacker from Alabama and Hazelwood with five stars coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. This is the way you get to the point where you compete with Alabama and LSU. And, and, and people like this, you start.
start acquiring talent by any means necessary from everywhere. And that's what Coach Pittman is doing. And the more he does it, the more excited I'm getting, Randy. <laughs> well, that means you can call us again for a city. Oh, I'm going to start calling back pretty regularly. I'm going to tell you guys that right, right if you're now. you're retired, you got more time to call us, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, Rick, but like I said, yeah, I'm just hanging around the house. This old man just hanging around the house now, oh, trying Joe, one, to stay healthy. Joe, one thing I want you to do, uh, just put this down in your will. I uh-huh. want you to bequeath to me your VCR and your VCR <laughs> tape collection. Believe it or not, Randy, I got it right here in front of me on my selfie. <laughs> A whole thing old VCR. And that's what I was saying to Kevin McPherson. You get two McDonald's All-Americans, that's, that's great. Both those yeah. guys are great. So let me tell you something. My favorite player in this class, Kevin, is Darian Ford. I've watched a mm. lot of tape and videos on him. This kid, he, he's, he, he's got just outstanding skills. And he's got an NBA body, Kevin, which means yeah. he can finish through contact and he's got a nice touch. And I don't know if you've seen some of his workouts. Yeah, his uncle posts his own Twitter. They're legendary. He's the real deal. Yeah, and I think he's going to play Joe. a big part in next year's regular. I'm you a think big fan of, of Darian Ford and his game. There's no doubt about it. Strong, like a bull, and he's not afraid to play bully ball. He backs it up. You know, you can be a, a muscle guy, but if you don't know how to use it, and this guy's got real basketball stuff to go with it. And I think he's got skill to go with it. Really happy with him. Thank you, thank you, Randy. You gentlemen. Have a good night. Don't forget me in your will, Joe. That's all I'm asking. I got you. I got you, Randy. I got you, cousin. All right, Joe. Thank you, buddy. All right. That's it. Wow, Kevin. I mean, we've gone a complete hour tonight here on Drive Time Sports. And Kevin got a compliment from Forest City Joe. That's about as high as it gets. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you and I, Rick, say. It's what Joe has to say. There you go. All right, Kevin. Thank you.